Grandmaster Toto, eight-time World Committee Champion. You're listening to Justin Ray Harvey Radio Show. You too. So tune in for the best of the best. Ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to a special late-night edition of the Justin Harvey Show, which will be featured on iTunes and many other places. Uh, tonight's guest, I consider a close friend of mine uh, who needs no introduction to this show. If you've kept up with my shows through the years, I would like to welcome back Grandmaster Irving Soto to the show. Welcome, sir. Hey, Justin. How are you? How's everything going on? I I am doing fantastic, sir. As we as we talked on the phone, um, I let you know about my induction into the USA Martial Arts Hall of Fame in 2015. I was so excited, I had to let you know. So congratulations, that's fantastic. You as well deserve, and uh, throughout the years, you have done so much, uh, keeping abreast with uh, topics and teach and, and getting out there and letting people know. Uh, about martial arts, uh, history, and science, and mm-hmm. and who's out there, too. So that's a beautiful thing. And you're the world to serve, and I'm glad you're receiving that award. Fantastic. Yeah. Thank you, sir, and uh, thank you for your time. But, but before we get to um, what you would like to discuss tonight, I, I wanted to uh, start uh, tonight's show about, um, you know, me and you were talking that, um, that I had brought up that... Uh, you know, with this show, I have I have any martial artist on the show, whether whether it's you know, for example, um, could be David Carradine, Cynthia Rothrock, Don the Dragon Wilson. You know, I think that um, you know, to a point that uh, martial arts has become political because you know we're at each other's throat when we should be. Embracing each other. Oh, yeah. And martial arts, uh, the problem with, I, I think, a lot of people, you know, sit or, sit around and, uh, you know, or and attack other people for whatever reason, profit and gain. And I think that's ridiculous. I think people should understand that martial arts is a thing to, when I took martial arts, I took martial arts because it was a thing to, Learn how to have honor and respect, you know, and learn how to defend myself, you know, against multi-attacks of assailants or somebody uh, trying to hurt me in any way, you know. And so uh, when people do that and they sit there, are these people real? Are these people real, true? Or or, or they just sit around and just uh, have nothing else? They they need to get a life, actually, you know, because to do that is is ridiculous. You have children growing up in, in, in society, that look up to grandmasters and masters and shihan and she, you know, uh, you know, uh, if you call yourself any of the above, then you got to act accordingly. You know I mean? Kids are looking at this and I talk to hundreds of kids and even though a lot of the uh, children when I teach, uh, they, uh, base their uh, opinions and sometimes they say it's that because I don't really know what to say, you know, mm-hmm. just people can be ignorant. You know, I mean, I think that's it's going to come to to, to an end. You know. Oh, oh, absolutely! Because with with my little show, Grandmaster Soto, 
my goal is to bring unity back into the martial arts world, you know? And I think you're, you're doing that. I, I think, you know, Justin, it, you know, unity, all grandmasters and masters got to stop that bickering. You know, I mean, you know, we have all these problems today with, uh, with all these attacks. Uh, you know, you have, you know, these terrorist groups and stuff like that. It's a form to me like a terrorist, you know, when you do things mm -hmm. like that and bullying and, and, and stupidness, you know what I mean, coming from anybody that, that is another martial artist who mm -hmm. claims to be a martial artist and, and sits there and attack others for, like I said, pop and games. So your show is very important because when, you, when you're sitting and bringing people like these folks that you mentioned and, and myself, uh, it's a wonderful thing because, you know, it gives the public an, a sense of awareness that there's still good people out there and still brothers uh, in the martial arts and people that really want to do the right thing in the arts. But um, <clears throat> also, uh, for for those that have not heard, you know, past, uh, past shows uh, that we have done together, I would encourage my people to go to iTunes and... Uh, and download those episodes, but not only are you a grand master, but you're also an eight-time world committee champion. That's so. correct. At, at one time, and then I know it's been a long time since, uh, you know, I've done that. Uh, but, you know, to me, you know, when I was younger, I used to love stepping into and, and getting into tournaments, uh, brawls. I mean, Backstreet Brawl, Chinatown, a whole bunch of stuff, you know, that I travel mm -hmm. around the country, spend hundreds of dollars out of my pocket to, to want to learn how to fight and learn how to become a champion of some type, you know. And, and I, I did that. Honestly, whether people want to understand that or not, I mean, it's just something that when I was uh, practicing, and I still practice, of course, but when I was practicing as a young man, uh, I wanted to learn how, like, I I wanted to learn how to fight. I mean, I just, mm -hmm. you know, I grew up in such a ferocious place in, in, in Brooklyn, and I wanted to learn how to um, defend myself. And, you know, you know, in the, I remember when the, when the first Kung Fu movies came out early uh, 70s, <laughs> you know, I was, uh, it was just, uh, it was um, Five Fingers of Death. I remember that, you know, and then mm -hmm. after that, shortly, Bruce Lee, and then from Bruce Lee, it was, uh, those like basically the first movies that actually appear, you know, and I used to sit down in New York and Chinatown and they, and go see the matinees with, you know, and of course they were subtitled movies, and I was already practicing martial arts, you know, and I wanted to, these guys were doing some ferocious and fantastic things on, you know, and to me, when I was, um, you know, looking at these movies, I said, wow, is that real? These guys are flying up in the air. <laughs> Where, to me, it didn't matter. It's just the beauty of what the martial arts was starting to evolve. Mm -hmm. Like today, you have MMA. It's a, it's a good thing. You know, even though people may may contest against it, you know, I think it's a good thing. I think the martial arts has to evolve. Like Bruce Lee, when people came out, Bruce Lee uh, put himself on... Um, not out there. He, he, you know, I mean, he was, he had school in Oakland, not too mm -hmm. far from where I'm at, you know, where I'm living from, uh, which is right today is a really ferocious neighborhood like Brooklyn and Browns and East New York. 
But when he was there, you know, he had diversity. He teaching all multi all multi people. I remember when I was many years ago. This is super early, you know, in in the sixties. I was a young kid, and I was going to take some some classes in Chinatown. They were very they were very, you know, I don't want to say racist, but I want to say they were apprehensive of teaching someone of color. You know what I mean? Uh-huh, I think uh-huh. a lot of people sometimes got an issue with with. Uh, if you are a different person or a different person of color, and, and you say, "Well, I'm, I studied these things for many years," and all of a sudden, you know, uh, people, how could you be? You're not, no disrespect to the the Asian culture or Oriental culture. I mean, you're not Asian. You're not. You're not Japanese. You're not. You know, this and that. You don't have to be none of the above. So the reason why I mention MMA is because it. Ex- it expands that the truth behind it because when you see two guys getting out there it, at the end of the night, it's just you and him. Yeah. Traditional martial arts is is really good. It it, it, it teaches some simplic some simplistic, uh, you know, an understanding of culture. But mm-hmm. what's happened throughout the years, what I see, Justin, what happened throughout the years is that everybody has, you know done their own thing, like in, in reference to, they have created through, mm-hmm. throughout, because some of the grand masters and masters of traditional have died, and they have given people, you know, at one time when I was a kid, I remember I was training many years ago, uh, you know, uh, straight uh, karate and all that stuff, and, and it was very traditional, I mean, traditionally, you usually get no rank unless you were doing what you were doing, with, you know, sticking it out, and mm-hmm. it took you forever, you know what I mean? Today, people have, they, whether they want to accept it or not, they have mixed their arts up, you know what I mean? Because uh, it takes a half a lifetime to become a grandmaster. I'm talking about if you really was going to stick to it and, and to, to really develop your form of fighting. Because mm-hmm. after a while, everybody's form of fighting it has a form of fighting. It takes you decades, you know, just to really develop your form of fighting. And when I mean, I'm not, I'm not uh, ju- uh, um, getting out there and saying that everybody should go and create their style. Let's uh-huh. go back to Bruce Lee. I know I mentioned Bruce Lee. Bruce Lee, that's what Bruce Lee was trying to get at, to emphasize the uh-huh. interception practice, to, inter- to emphasize that a man can do martial arts if he really wanted to become uh, uh, really good at what he did. He had to really practice what he preaches. You know uh-huh. what I mean? Oh, Master I... I- around, Absolutely. Absolutely. And I wanted to comment on something here, uh, Grandmaster Soto, and I'm not I'm not stepping on anyone's toes here, but there's something that I've always wanted to um uh, get your thoughts on. Um, you know, I know that uh Blood Sport is a very popular movie about Frank Dukes, but you know, I, I sit back sometimes and think, you know, why didn't they do you know, I wonder sometimes why didn't they do a character in the film, you know, based on you as well. You know, do, do you sometimes feel, you know, overlooked? Yeah, I, yeah, I, I mean, I don't want to uh, blame Mr. Dukes or anything like that because I'm pretty sure he had, you know, what, what, what can I say? Hollywood, like I say, yeah, you, I do, I do. You know, there's some times in life, you know, where, you know, I, I feel that I have in a lot of ways been... Mm-hmm you know, discriminate when people talk uh, nonsense, you know what I'm saying? 
mm-hmm. discrimination can be in a lot of ways. You know what I mean? They've been, you know, uh, ridiculed and all that stuff. But I don't care. I really, they, you know, the way I look at it, they, it doesn't matter to me. As far as the films and stuff like that, they should, you know, unfortunately, there's a lot of good people out there, too, you know, that perhaps deserve to have films mm-hmm. laid out of them, you know what I mean? Yes, you know, I feel that they should, uh, could have came to me and asked questions and, and others that perhaps fought that event, many of those events, you know, because they had a lot of tournaments that are Black Street board and tournaments that was illegal when you fought them, you know what I'm saying? And it's sad that you can sit here, you know, when I used to do it, uh, I was a young man, didn't really care, like I said, um, I wanted to learn how to how to become really good, I went in there, sometimes you get hurt, sometimes you get hurt, you come home, you, you, you're you really ferociously, you know, feeling it, you know, for two or three weeks, you know, after, because like, you're fighting three or four guys, or five guys, depending how the tournament goes, in traditional tournaments, or if it's not a traditional tournament, you're fighting these tournaments where, I don't care who says they don't get hurt. Oh, I just walked out of there looking good. That's not true because any tournament, if you're fighting full contact, you're going to feel, you know, the laceration. And that's why Mm -hmm. you're training hard so that you can withstand those punches. But at the end of the, when you get older is when you realize, hey, man, what did I do this for? I'm feeling this stuff today. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. Uh, So with the tournament, just to answer your question, I hope I'm not being evasive. It's just basically the... The bottom line, yes, I, I do feel that way. I, you know, I, I wish that people, you know, sometimes when you do something, uh, you know, you know, you come out, you sit in the dark, you sit in the dark. Let me say it like this. You sit in the, in the dark, right? Mm-hmm. And you really didn't care. I really didn't care to really be get any type of recognition. You know, you come out later and you say, hey, man, I was part of this. You know what I mean? I was one of those guys. You know what I mean? And unfortunately, you know, people can be, melodramatic or, or really ferocious, you know, and say, well, you know, you do this, you do this. How do you know where, I, where I've been in my life? You know, there's people that say, they know nobody knows me because, honestly, I was a kid. Justin, I was a kid that, that was really to myself growing up, you know, had really not a lot of friends, you know what I mean? I, oh, I completely I understand that aspect, trust me. Being in school, especially high school, was, was very, uh, very, very tough for me because... A lot of a lot of the kids were, you know, um, they were very. Um, I won't I won't say judgmental, but like because of my disability, I felt like you know I was like the outcast of my you know my high school. So I completely understand on that aspect. Yeah, and and you know me being like you, kind of like a minority, you know me. Growing up mm-hmm. in such a rough neighborhood, and I remember there was during the sixties, there was the the um, you know there was a lot of hatred going on between blacks and whites. And so, like, I don't want to bring this up because it's a true story. You know, that's doing this the Martin Luther King era, that's doing the John F. Cave era, and that's doing you know there was so much going on. I mean, really didn't have many friends other than probably just one or two, and that was it. You know, and you know, when you grow up in, a, in an environment like this, you know, I, I just, it's not that I hated anyone, it's just that, you know, growing up and you're a kid, you know, I'm talking about I was a kid, you know, I'm talking about <laughs> 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, you know what I'm saying? Which you realize, it, it's, it's a ferocious, in the neighborhood I grew up in, people were getting shot left to right, and, and if people don't believe that, all they have to do is go in 
and to this day, punching, punching Brownsville and mm-hmm. first New York. That's where Mike Tyson grew up, which I know Mike Tyson, uh, you know, because he was in the same neighborhood. And if you look at that neighborhood today, there's so many gangs. You got the blood, you got the cribs, you got a whole bunch of people getting shot every, every day. So you couldn't go outside and, and, and play. You have to really be ready at all times. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I tell my mom, mom, why don't we live here? Because we were real poor. I was a real poor guy. When I looked at martial arts schools, you know, many times I, I couldn't afford it. I went to different guys. I practiced, you know, with many guys. When I became into my uh, early uh, 20s, I was already fighting and doing things. I was running around, learning different martial arts with, uh, you know, Dan McGeady, which is a good friend and a good brother, you know, and he, he, he remembers, and I used to tell him, hey, man, I want to learn how to fight. That was one of the things I told him, and that was already good. I already knew my martial arts. I mean, no disrespect to anyone, and I hope people don't take this more like I'm showing off I'm trying to brag, because I'm not. It's basically the truth. You know, I went to him. I went to Moses Power. I mean, I, I used to take classes with everybody that could teach me something how to fight, uh, uh, different guys like Master Grandmaster Taylor Lee Brown. I went to all uh, geez, uh, even Shorter Count George Cofield, Puppet. Man, I was running different dojos. I'm not dojo jumping. It's just basically when they gave me an opportunity to sit down and train with them just to learn, you know, techniques and stuff. I jumped into the classes like a bat out of hell. You know, let's mm-hmm. put it like this. You know what I mean? Because you know what? It was the opportunity that I needed. You know what I mean? Uh, my teacher, Charlie Sparrow, um, what's his name, uh, Lee Jones, uh, Dan McGinney, uh, uh, George, uh, what's his name, George Coffield at one time, because I did train some show guy at one time, um, um, the, uh, Taekwondo, I'm trying to remember stuff like that, uh, a whole bunch of teachers, I mean, throughout the years, I mean, I've practiced with you name it, I'm always stepping to the dojo with anybody, you know. And today, of course, I'm a grandmaster, you know what I mean? Uh, I think oh, so many people, you know, so many people that I, you know, sometimes it's unbearable to even talk about it. Even, even, even grandmaster banks, you know, that I was training on the secret with from, you know what I'm saying? Uh, a bunch of times, you know, you train with him, I trained with, uh, uh, Charlie Sparrow, I repeat these names again, Charlie Sparrow, Rudy Jones, Dan McGeady, Ronald Duncan, uh, Roses Powell, and a whole bunch of other teachers, you know. And then, of course, when I went overseas, training with uh, Ushido Yamamoto, you know, that was his name. That's what I knew him by, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. And a whole bunch of other people that I trained with, uh, you know. And I, I'm not going to say one person, but they all my teachers, they're all teachers. Whatever, when you get a chance to train with someone, I call them teachers, you know what I'm saying? It didn't matter. I was poor. I was a kid. Better I grew up with a good family, even though I was poor. They had a good background. They trained my brother, uh, John, you know, at the time, you know. So there's a whole bunch of people that I, I, I credit to my stuff. And then in Gong Fu in, in Chinatown in New York City, you know what I mean? I had my uh, seafood there, which I trained, you know, uh, uh, Wing Chung and and then also uh, Seven Star Mantis, you know. And those things that I wanted to do to to develop what I was trying to get at today, you know, uh, martial arts. Um, 
and I hope that people understand that when I talk like this, I mean, I could continue on and on. Uh, these people constantly, the only one that's not dead right now is probably two guys. That's a damn and somebody else. And, uh, you know, from these people, these people that I'm talking, that I talk about, you know what I mean? <laughs> and, and, you know, I'm, I'm proud. I'm proud of them. You know, I'm proud of them. And I, I give them credit mostly. And you can at least, you can see them with still around if you want to ask them to the questions. He's still a very good man, lives in Pennsylvania. And uh, most of the other guys, I don't know, I lost contact with all, most of the people. It's sad that when you, I'm not a kid. People think I'm a kid. Well, I've been around for a long time. I don't want to keep on, I don't want to say my age in the radio, but you know, I'm not a kid. You know, let's put it like that. And just going back to repeating it again, and I hope I'm not boring the folks here, uh, that, you know, what I, I wish I would have been, you know, somebody gives later on some type of credit to what I've contributed. I've performed over with Aaron Banks over 40, 45 shows, shows about two to two and 160 shows. Wow. Um, you know, what I've done in my martial arts, you know, and, uh, travel overseas, went to England, New Zealand, uh, Japan, um, you see, man, I've been all over, even even, even uh, Bangladesh, even Iraq, even a whole bunch of other places that uh, I don't even talk about, even Salvador, Colombia, Chile, Ecuador, Puerto Rico. Uh, so you've uh, been all over the world. Mississippi, I go on 
and I work at nights, you know, and that's what I do. And then do three t- three days a week I'm teaching and in my school and in the community center where I help kids and help people out, you know what I mean? Oh. Uh, to learn martial arts. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh absolutely. And you know, I'm I'm doing my best to help out the martial arts industry. You know, like I've said in the past the reason I want to do this show is, you know, not only is radio my calling, as we discussed, you know, privately, but, um, you know, um, these stories will be available online for years to come, even after my time. And, you know, because you've got, you've got great martial artists like, you know, Bruce Lee and, and Jim Kelly out there that, you know, have passed away. And, you know, they they may have wanted to do like a radio show like this or something like this to get their stories out there. Well, you know, I got a chance to talk to Jim Kelly, which uh, I, I'll share with you since you brought his name up. Uh, very nice guy. I mean, I, you know, it was a very humbling experience when I sat and talked to him. I got the, the number from Aaron Banks, and I sat, and we became pretty, pretty close because he, he lived in San Diego, you know, with his daughter, you know. Uh, and we talked, and we talked for a while, you know. And uh, he, he emphasized, you know, I didn't ever ask him the questions about what made him get up. He, he said, uh, actually, he was doing tennis for a long time, and he did play some football, you know, uh, some college football and stuff like that for a while. And he did uh, uh, a bunch of stuff. He got into the arts in the early, you know, seventies, uh, you know, sixties, and was competing at the international Fred Parker and stuff like that. And one of those those times, you know, from his phone, he would tell me, and, uh, and, and you know, he, he knew about the the, uh, the other fights, you know, Ed Parker was a, a man that created his own system at one time or another, you know, according to, to him, and a bunch of other stuff that he told me that, I'm, as I remember the conversations, we talked, like they, you know, man, we talked pretty much a lot, you know, we became pretty close, and he was a good guy, very nice person, and very unique, he talked about Bruce Lee, uh, he thought Bruce Lee was impeccable and uh, and developing his own style and trying to get the word out there across. I think he said him and Bruce Lee felt the same. Mm-hmm. Like any other martial artist, you know, that his his ability was to do, you know, one of these super like super feature strengths, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He pushed himself. He he believed that's why he caught the uh, you know, tumor he had in his in his main spam, you know what I'm saying? Uh, oh, and, oh absolutely and, you know, that's what made him uh, perish later on. But he said there was times that when he was filming that a lot of times, like, for instance, people didn't know that, he explained to me that when uh, uh, Bob Walls, you know, cracked the bottles and stuff like that, he explained to me that I think uh, uh, Bob Wall, from what he was telling me, Bob Wall cracked the bottles and kind of actually cut Bruce Lee in one of his fingers, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And Bruce Lee actually gave him a... Uh, Five for us, a kick, you know what I mean, and stuff mm-hmm. like that, and it really sent Bob Walls to the to the canvas, you know, with one of his kicks. I mean, there was many occasions that nobody that that they never talked about within books or stuff like that. A lot of times, he think that Bruce, as he was trying to emphasize, because Bruce Lee was a perfection, according to to um, you know Jim Kelly, was a perfection mm-hmm. in reference to his technique that. It, you know, he used to, when he was doing the fight scenes, he would ask guys to actually come at him full contact, you know, and so a lot of times 
when he was choreographing his fight scenes, some of those guys used to get hurt and they didn't want to practice with him. And he had to constantly get different guys, stunt guys, you know what I mean, stuff like that. The same thing with him. He said that he got into the arts, you know, he got, because he said Bruce Lee came to him. He didn't come to Bruce Lee and ask him to do the film, you know, him and uh, what's his name, John Saxon and quite a few other people. Anyway, we talked a lot of good things, and, and we talked about what I do and stuff like that, and he was very impressed. He liked it, the videos, uh, and he liked it, what I've done for many years, you know. And, and fortunately, he uh, told me he was very ill. We were supposed to have done something together. He was very ill. Uh, he finally revealed that he had that, you know, cancer, stuff like that. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. He was very quiet. He didn't complain. He didn't, didn't, then I think he did a couple of uh, turnouts in different areas, meaning he went out and, and, and did some things up in back East Coast and came back and did some things up here, you know, his appearances, in other words, you know, he was very, also fascinated with MMA. Mm -hmm. He was a wonderful man. You know, I got a chance. I'm glad a chance to, to meet him and talk to him. Uh, and, and we became friends, you know, and that's, that was a good thing. Uh, I don't talk about it because you know how people are, you know what I mean? It's just the way it is, you know. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, uh, somebody had written me on uh, Facebook a few months, or it was a few months ago, and they're like, you know, um, why haven't you got Jim Kelly on your on your show? And then they wrote, you know, I'm actually talking to Jim Kelly, and I'm like, I'm like, I hate to burst your bubble, dude, but you're talking to a fake page because... Jim Kelly passed away, you know, and he was like, oh, no, you know. Yeah, Jim, yeah, he passed away. He passed away. Yeah. Last year, that's gone. Um, but that's the way it is. The The bottom line is, it's basically, the world is changing. I'm getting older, and I know I have to pass the art on. We're not going to be here forever. We only live one life, you know what I mean? Uh, I represent martial arts because that was, uh, 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 I, made my, I made my decision many years ago but Justin, that I was going to represent the martial arts the right way. Uh, and I, I believe I am doing that. Aaron uh, Banks was very flabbergasted with my skill level, and he, he loved what I did. He used to tell me, you know, because we, I also practiced with him. You know, people didn't know that on the low low, you know what I mean? Uh, and, and I would like to talk about Grandmaster Banks. Grandmaster Banks was a fantastic individual, even though, uh, he did a, hundreds of shows to, you know, to his credit and his ability, you know, to do that. And he was really into the arts, man. I mean, there's one guy that was 85 years old. I remember, if I may say, I talked to him. I was supposed to do a show, if I can bring this up. Uh, I I was talking to him. He called me every other day. I was like his friend. Me and Frankie, Grandmaster Frankie Mitchell, and and, and, and Paul Armand, some of the other guys that, that, I don't want to mention because, you know, maybe they don't want to be mentioned. So I don't yeah, say yeah. Me, But he told me who was his real friend. And I remember uh, it was before he died, he called me up. He was he was ready to go to the Madison Square Garden. He wanted to, because he did a lot of shows for the martial arts. The East Coast, he brought Maso, he brought Maso Young, he brought Kogi Yamaguchi uh, into the garden. And he brought, he, what he did was almost what you're doing, wanted to bring the martial arts community together. You know what I mean? And when he used to talk to me, he'll call me up, and I never charge him for any of the shows. I did everything for free. I tried with my own expense, my own stuff, just to do his show. And every time he had a show, I, he actually, my master told him, you got to be, you're going to be in in, uh, in my shows and come down. But this time, he talked to me, and he tells me, and I was talking to me. People don't really know the inside, but I would 
one, perhaps maybe one of the last guys to talk to him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he was, he told me, ready to go to the garden, ready to do this, you know, so prepare yourself, you know, because he was a promoter as well. He's a great martial artist, but he was a promoter as well. And, and his thing mm-hmm. was to bring diversity to the martial arts, but bring people that from ethnicity of different colors and different ethnicities, different cultures to perform in his, in his show. And I loved it, that about him. You know, and he give opportunity to some people, you know, even though people may not say that's true or not, you know what I mean? But you yeah. have to know your martial arts or he will not put you up there. You know, he, he would also critique, you know what I'm saying? He would always tell the person that he wasn't for real, you know what I mean? So he called me up and said, hey, Grandma, so are we going into the garden? And I'm not repeating myself. You know what? Uh, guess what? We're going to do a show, man. I said, prepare yourself because I want you to do it. I said, but, you know, he, he said, Mm-hmm. Uh, but then he tells me I'm not feeling good, uh, my master. So I said, your master, you know, you, you're five years old. You need to, you know, you need to, you know, uh, get yourself, you know, checked out. You know, go to the doctor and stuff like that. He tells me, well, no, I'm not. You know, I'm not. I'm fine. I'm fine. That's where he was. I, I hate taking the medications and stuff like that. You know, and. I, and then, you know, I said, well, don't, don't worry about me. You're a good brother, and I love you. That's the way you should talk. I love you, and, and be mm-hmm. prepared to come and perform for me that particular year. You know what I mean? And I said, you know, when he died, because he died a year ago, two years ago, you know, almost. So I said to him, okay, are we there, Grandmaster? And he said, check with me next next two weeks, you know. I want you to check with me next week, and uh, I'll call you back. And usually, he, when he says he's going to call me back, he would call me back, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So... At this time, I, you know, I, we passed, the second week passed, I call his house. No answer, which is unusual because usually he, if I call him, uh, he would return back the call. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, well, so be it, you know. I think it was about uh, three, uh, two weeks later, I get a call from a friend, uh, thank you. Frankie Mitchell, uh, Grandmaster Frankie, which is a good friend of mine, uh, telling me that, you know, they found Grandmaster Banks in his house. He was dead for a while. You know, I think it was about two or three weeks later. I think that's when. I don't remember the whole, the whole thing. And I was really saddened because he was a good friend of mine. He was a good person. I've met quite a few people, you know, that has touched my life and, and has been very inspirational. You know, I taught, I learned, I saw many grandmasters like that I that I love, and I will always remember them because even though I walked through, I'm writing a book. I am writing a book. Mm-hmm. It's called Walking Among the Giants of Martial Arts. You know, and I'm working. I've been working on it for almost five years, and I'm gonna have it. Somebody, you know, probably once I finish, we put it together and, and put it in the, um, you know, have it written over because, like I said, I am not like I am an author. I am a I have quite a few books in martial arts, but that, mm-hmm. that was not my, it is not my thing. And honestly, I was really hurt because it took me a while to, you know, to really get over it, even though, because he was a good person. He always treated me with respect. You know, every time I went to one of his shows, he was really open-minded, you know, stuff like that. Uh, uh, you know, he, he, you know, whatever he's done in his life, he, he's, he, people have forgotten him, but he's done a lot for the martial arts. But uh, well, he would live in infamy with my, for he will live in infamy just like the Bruce Lees and Chuck Norris. Remember, Chuck Norris still around. Uh, but, you know, most, most of the guys are no longer here, you know, and stuff like that. You know what I mean? I absolutely agree, Mr. Soto. That's why I always say live, live for the day in, in, 
and live for your dreams because there's not always a tomorrow. You just, you never know. You never know when you're going to cross over to the other side. That's correct. And that's correct. And that's why, you know, what you do here is it's honorable and, and decent and fantastic. I suggest you keep doing and doing uh, the talk shows and bringing in people from different ethnicity because it's a good thing. Justin, you have your calling. Everybody has calling. I got my calling many centuries, <laughs> decades ago. But, uh, you know, I mean, I got my calling. The reason why I make a joke about it because I always joke about it. You know, many years ago, I I didn't even think I would get out from the streets that I was growing up in. Uh, you know, it was just one of those things that was ferocious. Mm-hmm. And I'm here I am, you know, representing, and, and I'm glad that sometimes I get a guy from where I grew up at, you know, writing me a letter saying, we're proud of you. Keep doing what you're doing because most of the guys that grow up in a poor condition or in a situation like you growing up in, you know, you realize, hey, I've been blessed, you know. So when I get these guys letters and fans letters, because I get letters from, you know, it's funny that people don't realize I do get letters from fans around the country. I do got people that really respect me and and, mm-hmm. and, 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 and love what I'm doing. And for that reason, just I have to continue going on, no matter what people say, what what they do. You know what I mean? It doesn't matter to me. Mm-hmm. I've always said to people, if you think I don't know what I'm doing, get on the mat, because I've been around for a lot of years. You know what I'm saying? Um, oh, yeah. And they'll find that I, they will find that that they're going to be very surprised on the skill level. You know, what I mean, hockey and jujitsu, man. Mm-hmm. I know that from the back of my from the back of my head, and I know martial arts. I train. I study weapons. Even I know I do swords, uh, the jujitsu and stuff like that, and a lot of other stuff that I quiet and iron palm as you you see me break. Uh, Iron Palm is a fantastic thing. You know, I, I learned how to do that many years ago. Uh, you know, I study, you know, dynamics of uh, chi and inner strength and power. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it does work. There's no gimmicks up to bricks, but you can't, you can't, you can't, when you're breaking a center block, there's no way you're going to break that and, and glue it back together or some crap. <laughs> 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 I'd say somebody's been watching too many movies for, for that concept. <laughs> I sometimes laugh at these folks, you know, things, you know, that's you know, the things they say, you know, uh, I'm grateful that I'm able to do that, you know, but it took years. It didn't come overnight. I, told, I encourage you, you can do martial arts. You can do the best because, honestly, we need other people to continue to do martial arts. I don't know if they took We're not going to be here forever, but, you know, when you when I'm doing something or, uh, or throw. There is no gimmick. You know, some of my students or people that I've ever worked with, they are nervous because they say, this is real. They, you know, if they have any questions or they have any, any doubts, when you, when I work with you, you'll understand. There's no mm-hmm. gimmicks. No, you ain't throwing yourself. You're getting thrown or you're getting burned. You're getting pain compliance or you're getting, you know, tweak, tweak the hands or you're getting, you know, uh, uh, arm bars or stuff like that. There is no gimmick to it. You know what I mean? What I encourage people to do is cross it. I encourage mm-hmm. people to isometrics, geometrics. Um, I, that's what I do. Um, you know, I run 20 miles uh, twice a week, uh, and three times a week I'm doing other types of training. You know what I mean? And the reason why I do that is to keep my, uh, when you get older, if you go to the doctor, they give you this breath test, you know what I mean? And your lungs will close up if people mm-hmm. don't know that. So I get out there and constantly work out every other day and stuff like that besides, you know, the times that I'm working. So 
things that they do hold a job a steady job like I said in law enforcement community um and you know the strains and the stuff combined together you know you always got to keep your head straight you know because stress level factors everybody goes to stress you have to continue to work out and if you want to be really good don't don't work a burn bury yourself and if you're going to follow something don't overdo it you know change it up mix it because if you mix it it's going to keep your art and your hunger in your hunger for the arts to continue and train, you know? Mm-hmm. That's what I like to do with this radio show. I like to, you know, I like to mix it up a little bit with this radio show because even though it's, you know, a martial arts based, I like to have, you know, different actors or even cover, even cover some pro wrestling from time to time. And I think that's why I have such a huge following is because people are asking themselves, what is Mr. Harvey going to do next? You know, I mean, I think I I think that that's part of my success is how I like to oh, mix things up a little bit. Well, like I said, Art, you know, Justin, uh, you started your radio show a couple of years ago. You know, what I mean, you've been on, on the air for a while. You know, what I mean, and uh, I've been honored and grateful that you have called me and said, "Hey, Grandmaster, I want you to be on my radio," because, uh, like I said, who am I? You know, what I mean, and when it comes from you, to me, that's a good thing because guess what? I'm in. Justin, with Justin, uh, on a quest, you know, and a quest to educate folks of martial arts, and what that's what is that is what you're doing, you know, educating your brothers and sisters that are there that want to learn true martial arts. And martial arts has gotten really people don't know what it is, you know. I mean, people blame it on the MMA, people blame it on stuff. No, it, blame it on yourself with all the bickering, with all the stupidness, you know. I mean, if you take away all that and get to the realism of things, you know what I mean, and and practice martial arts, what you preach, perhaps people will start filling up classes, perhaps people start, you know, coming back to the arts the way it used to be, you know what I mean, but you can't blame it on one entity, you can't blame it on, on, on things like that, so when you get up here in a radio station, and, and bring brothers like us, and, you know, to talk about the art, that's a good thing, Justin. So to me, I, I give you a lot of. They say it. Maybe this is a sweet word. Kudos. Give you mm-hmm. a lot of accolades. Give you a lot of love and respect for what you do. Oh, I, I, absolutely. And I think I think any celebrity. I wanted to add to what you just said. I think any celebrity, uh, martial artist, kickboxer, uh, boxer, they should lead by example. Because what is sad is um, if somebody does something you know, disrespectful in the art, these young kids are going to imitate that. Yes, that's correct. And that's one of the bad parts, and they emulate that, and that's what the problem is. And and I think if we just realize that we, we're professors, a teacher, when a teacher takes upon himself, let's put it like that, any teacher, for instance, mm-hmm. the parents trust the individual, right, to teach their children, correct? Because they want their children. They want their children to learn honor, respect, and some form of art to be able to defend themselves, not to become a bully or you know or, or a bad person. To be able to uh, be able to get out of situations with by talking, by mm-hmm. interacting. So when people look up and they see all this bickering and all this dynamics going on, they go. Why should I put my child into this situation when these guys 
don't even know. <laughs> they act like kids. They act like <laughs> grown adults, you know, acting like uh, very stupid, you know what I mean? And, and oh, on, on yeah. the air, putting things out there. So that's what I'm saying. It's just basically if people would understand to stop all that and get together and team up, it would be a great, it would be a great community again, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. I think a lot of people, if they understand that there's still good brothers and sisters out there that are doing martial arts and doing the right thing, and you, you're putting, you're filtering and letting people know, hey, these are the people that you, you know, can get in contact with. So mm-hmm. it's a good thing, Jeff. And again, I repeat, what you do is a good thing. I remember that. And I'm proud to be part of your show, to come in once a blue moon and, and talk like this, and you give me the opportunity as well to get out on the radio and, and touch so people can get to really realize who I am or whoever, whoever you have in that radio station, you know, well, at the time. Grandmaster, to be honest, if it wasn't for people like you, there would be no show because, believe it or not, you're, you were one of my first guests, you know, in the start on this radio show, on this very radio show. So if it wasn't for guys like you, there would be no show. Thank you, Justin. Well, it's my honor because, you know, you know I got to give you kudos, a lot of kudos. Because, and I'm not just saying that. I may not mean that. I mean, you, you, have, you have people should take an example and anyone, one thing that, anyone that, when you call them up and say, hey, listen, man, you know, you are in a chair and you lead from example. You, you know, people don't know your condition. Mm-hmm. You know, you're in a chair, and I don't need to bring that up in the radio, but, and you don't even care about that. You are out there, you're training, you're trying to do martial arts on the, on the, on, on the low, low, too, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And people should understand that, here, here's a guy that if anybody's out there, that has it, it's a capable handicapped person who has problems or lost their legs. These are examples of people like yourself that do these good deeds, uh, and and it's out there. Not you know, it, it's a hard thing because I've had a lot of students that have had difficulties. You know what I'm saying? Throughout the years, so mm-hmm. I have parts P. I had a whole bunch of people that had, uh, uh, I remember I had a student, a uh, kitten, he had uh, cerebral palsy, and he couldn't walk. And, it, it, you know, he came to me like, no disrespect, uh, he wanted me to help him, and I did. And I have, I'm going to put that tape up, actually, I got a video of that. Uh, I found the video, and when I get an opportunity, I'm going to put it up, because I think I- people need to see that. I would love to see that. As a matter of fact, if if your student is comfortable coming on the show, I would even I would even welcome your student to come on the show and and, and express oh, this yeah. and talk about their story. Yeah, it, it's a, it's a ma- amazing, and he's a quiet kid. You know, he's a quiet. Now he's mm-hmm. he just recently got married, and I'm I'm very proud that I was able to help him some way. Uh, getting out there. So, you know, I understand. I understand the quest, the problems, the beat, you know, the, the, the pain that anybody with a, a situation like you have at times, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It, it's not easy. It's not very easy, you know. I remember one time you went to uh, see Frank Dukes, you know, I mean, called me up. You were very agitated because uh, you missed the plane. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and you yeah, were I remember that. Yeah. People just left you there. They're supposed to come and get you to go inside the plane. 
And and I feel bad for you because I know how that can be. You know, things like mm-hmm. that. It's what people don't understand that people with a situation go through. You know what I mean? It is very, I, I, very difficult. Absolutely. And another example, too, is uh, if, if I'm not mistaken, after my brother had passed, you were one of the first people I actually called. Yes, yes. When, when my brother had passed. So... And it's, it's, it, you know, yeah. but thank you, thank you. I give you kudos. Thank you for what you do. Thank you uh, that you keep this radio going. And uh, your Hall of Fame award is from Dr. Jim Thomas. It's a very, it's a very nice gesture and a very good thing that you deserve that. And you yeah, more than you know what I mean. I, I got, I got, I gotta say, the Master Snyder, when I first heard that. I was going in the Hall of Fame. I was like, I was a little overwhelmed the next week. Speechless. I'm like, really? You know, because there's so many great grandmasters that, you know, have been studying in the martial arts for years that's in this. Yeah, it's it's a good thing. It's a, it's a good thing. I, uh, I know you deserve it, my friend. But, uh, you know, you deserve that. You know, there's... Uh, anything that you do, you know, you you deserve it. Let's put it like that. Public needs to know that you deserve it. You know, it's not something that you earn it your way. Uh, sometimes, if people just do, there's a thing that I say to myself, if you reach out and touch someone's hand to make this place mm-hmm. a better world, you know, and I think you're the shining example of those type of folks that put a quest and you're doing it. So give yourself a tap in the back, my brother. You said all the kudos from a lot yes, of people. And I hope that, Master Soto, that me and you actually get to uh, eventually meet in person and actually sit down and, and maybe have a meal and just and just talk, you know. Yeah, we need to do that. I need to come up to West Virginia. I know that's where you are. And, uh, you know. Are you next to the Appalachian Mountains out there, sir? Uh, say that again, I'm sorry? Are you next to those Appalachian Mountains? You know what I mean? Um, I live, I live, um, I know where that's at, but, um, I can, yeah, what I can do is whenever you are ready to actually come for a visit, I can give you directions. Um, Absolutely. so, yeah, we, we should try to make that a goal for maybe 2015 or something. Yeah, you we know? should, we should, we should, and, uh, I'd like to one day, you know, maybe, uh, you know, one of these days, maybe I do a, a show with most of the some uh, four, five, six different grandmasters, which you, you know, hopefully, you know, uh, bring them on radio and stuff like that, and talk about the arts itself. You know, what can you do? But to me, it, I don't want to, like I said, I didn't come on the radio to disrespect anyone or anything like that. I just basically saying the truth. Uh, uh, and sometimes people need to hear that message that we need to keep going. Uh, next to 2015, I'm ready to put a show on. I want to say that to the audience. Mm-hmm. Um, support the show. It's, I'm going to put different grandmasters up in, in, on the panel and to do a great show again. I did one show. It was very successful in New York City. This mm-hmm. time, I think I'm going to be holding it. And sometime, again, I'm going to try to do it someplace else. Uh, mm-hmm. We have quite a few grandmasters, some Japanese people coming in from Japan, and we're going to be doing uh, a, a, a fantastic show, you know. And I'm put it 
put it together and I'm already working on it. So 2015, I can't give you a date because, you know, all those things take a while and I want to make sure I have all the stuff in place before I uh, oh, put it out oh, there. But I am oh. planning on having mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely, Dear Master Soto. We can make it a goal 2015 because what my, my audience may not realize I've actually known you quite a few years now. Oh, yeah, that's correct. You, you, you've been very good friends, and you've always been a fantastic individual with me, and call me, and you look for me, and uh, I'm grateful to you for that, you know, and, and to be a friend, and you never pass judgment on anyone, which I love that about you, Jeff, and, and honestly, you're not out here trying to stir up, act, stir up fights or action. You're trying to say the truth, you know, and I, that's what I know about you. you know? Keep the good work, my friend. Keep oh. a good friend and, and live long and prosper, you know, like they say, you know? Oh, I, absolutely. And before, before I end the show, Grandmaster Soto, um, uh, can you, one thing that amazes me that I remember seeing uh, a while back is um, something on YouTube where you actually, you actually somehow get your fingers through a um, pop can through an amazing way. Can, can you take yeah. the audience through that? Yeah, it, um, there's no gimmick to that. Let's put it like this. Uh, you know, I, I practiced many years, like I said, uh, iron palm training, uh, through rice, um, gravel, sand. You know, many years I've done that, and I do that still to this day. I have a mm -hmm. bucket full of sand and rocks and stuff. I put my finger, so just to condition my fingers like a spear hand stuff like that. So when there is no gimmick. I've had people look at this, uh, you know, they give me a can and I do it all the time. Mm -hmm. the, the trick, there is no trick, but the trick to this is basically if there is a trick, but the, to, again, I repeat and I'm going to say it like that, is basically to use the speed of your hand mm -hmm. and precise in position. It's like uh, the body, you know, I've always wanted to be able to stick my fingers to a human in and twist it and and stop the heart or stuff like that. I'm able to do that, whether people believe it or not. Um, so with with that, it's just uh, holding the can, and there's no other way to do it unless somebody else holds it for you. Mm -hmm. And speed go right through it. And I know it's hard to see that when in in the um, video, uh, but that's basically what I'm doing. There's no holes in it. There's nothing because. I've got some people, if you see the tape, you have some people standing sitting there and they bring the can to me. And I've done quite a, like about a uh, hundred of those things uh, practicing. Uh, there's no gimmick to it. It's just basically straightforward practicing oh. your, your chi, practicing your energy, and mm -hmm. practicing strengthening up your fingers. Oh, wow. And I my my last question to um, Grandmaster Soto, because I don't think that I've ever touched on this on uh, previous shows with you, uh, but uh, do you do Dim Mock as well? Because I know that it's uh, very uh, famously known through different martial artists. Dim Mock, Dim Mock, a lot of people, um, Dim Mock is the learning the different strikes in the body, the, marin the marinians. Mm -hmm. You have Pressure points, you have millions, you have veins that create blood clock, okay? There's no gimmick to it. If you hit mm -hmm. the back of the vein stem, you will drop. You have no substance. That's why boxers, they don't want to hit. 
when boxers, they tell him, don't hit in his neck because the neck easy to knock somebody out. Mm-hmm. The then knack is basically learning where those meridians are at and learning where to strike those. Now, pressure points is a little different. Pressure points is what gives you a certain contusion on those arms and certain things, okay? People mm-hmm. don't compute. Then knack is basically the dynamics of, you know, your millennials and learning where to strike to make that person, just like an acupuncture. The acupuncture person trains uh, different things or different places to put those uh, into the muscle or into the, the side of, the, of, you know, the body, wherever the pain is leading so you can release pressure. So you all have those millennials. When I'm striking you, if I'm striking you at an angle, to mm-hmm. those areas, which I'm not going to get involved with. Maybe next time we'll have a show about it, and I can probably go through it in that, you know, angles and stuff like that. Um, you can collapse the lung. You can... Uh, Immediately the stop the heart. Immediately yeah. stop the heart yeah. and, and stuff like that with those type of things, you know. Uh, Tenjiji is the art mm-hmm. that people don't never heard of, but that's basically when you're practicing striking, you can kill a person. Uh, you know, and it takes a long time. Tweak the hand, tweak the hand, redirect, not pain compliance. Pain compliance is different. Tweak the hand, redirect, and pinches the nerve, and it stops also the person's airway. Just like you see me in some of my videos, it does work. Just training and experiencing the body. The body's not meant to be twisted at an angle. So when you are practicing this, it takes years of understanding that you can hurt somebody. You know what I mean? And that's not from mm-hmm. the high level training. I know George Dillman. I know a whole bunch of other people that have done certain things. I'm not going to discredit them or disrespect them. Yeah, they, exactly. They, you know, yeah, you know, exactly. Uh, yeah. yeah. yeah and the reason I was asking you is like, you know, because I, I know a lot of famous martial artists in my circle that, you know, uh, know this um, know this technique, and I want to say to my audience: Do not do this technique if if you are not trained to do so, because this is a very uh, le- lethal technique. So, very lethal. Yes, it is, and it takes years, and it's like you take a, a gun in your hand, and you've been trained to shoot to mass. Mm-hmm. Put that gun in your hand, and please kick. When I'm talking, I'm just talking. Not because I'm, if you're listening to Justin or his radio, don't take it the wrong way. I'm in law enforcement. I've been trained how to use the weapon uh, for many years. When you're shooting somebody, you shoot in straight center mass. But they train. They're giving classes. The same thing with Denmark or and Denmark on iron palm, vibrating palm. All that takes years of understanding. If you're practicing any type of martial arts or gong fu or whatever, it takes years of understanding. Gong fu is beautiful. It takes years. Don't underestimate it. A lot of people think that gong fu is blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. No. Gong fu is a beautiful art. It just it takes time and training. Jiu-jitsu takes time and training mm-hmm. to understand different applications, how to proceed, how to enter that person's center of gravity, how to take them down or how to put them to in a choke hole and lock, stuff like that. All that takes years of training. Mm-hmm. Uh, and any other art takes years of training. So if you want to, you know, people ask me, is this art is better than other? 
that all depends on the man that knows the martial arts himself the best. If the martial artist, if the martial artist knows mm-hmm. his technique, then that's what he's going to do. You know what I mean? So practice, practice, my brothers and sisters. I want to thank Justin Harvey for giving me this great, great, great opportunity in this radio show that he's hosted. Please support him. He's a wonderful young man. Uh, I mean, and, and he is leading the martial arts to to beautiful direction, and more so than a lot of other people that get these radio stations and sit down interesting others. I'm grateful that you have this radio station, Justin Harvey, and I hope that the following grows and grows and be prospered in, in, in your communication to the world. You know what I mean? Do keep doing radio stations, Justin. It's, a, it's an honor. And I want to thank, and I want to say, belated happy Thanksgiving and a wonderful holiday. It's Christmas and so forth. You, you too, sir. And I, I wanted to let you know in advance, not necessarily that someone would ever do, you know, a movie about my life, but as you know, I'm doing extraordinary things. And um, if I'm ever contacted about, you know, they want to um, to uh, to write about me or do a film, I will make sure that you're personally um, included. Uh, thank you, Justin. That's so nice of you. Thank you. You'll have a wonderful holiday. Stay in touch, my friend. And, you too, my friend. And keep going, trucking, bringing you, bring you the good 2013 to all the body of humanity. With this groups of ISIS, I hope they go away. And I hope they, you know, people like that need to be taught a lesson. Uh, you know what I mean? There's a whole bunch of things, you know, I mean, out there that we all can do to help support our soldiers and people and people and brothers and sisters that are out there fighting these wars mm-hmm. on crime, stuff like that. Uh, bring harmony and coordination to the spiritual guidance of life. You know, that's what I say. Oh, I, absolutely. And uh, we'll go ahead and let you go there, Master Soto. And, uh, you know, uh, keep... Keep in touch with uh, me and the Justin Harvey Show, and you're welcome back anytime, my friend. Thank you, Justin. Take care of yourself, my friend.